Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning. This is Paula Grandchrist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for joining us as we celebrate all things imagination and get together to share stories. I am very excited about today. Today is April 1st, 2022, and I want to begin with a huge thank you because this day, the 1st of April, marks the 17th anniversary of Art Zany Radio. So that means we've been doing the show for a really long time. It kind of had to look that up to make sure that that was the right date, but it, <laughs> it is a really long time. And I guess the main thing I want to do is say thank you to everybody who is here and everybody who has been a part of Art Zany Radio, and especially um, I, I want to say that, that any worthwhile endeavor is built on the support and love and wisdom and skills of many, many people. So I thank everyone who's assisted in the creation of this, this weekly show over the years, and I especially want to thank all my, my wonderful home here at KYMN, and especially station owner Jeff Johnson, who has done everything to make this show happen. He's been incredible, and the people of this radio station have done so much to help assist make to get this on the air. So I can only keep going with the show because because of them. And of course, we've, we've learned over the years, and I think that's why I like the name Art Zany. A little foolishness happens every week. There, there's something that's going to go wrong. There's going to be some sort of technical glitch, some sort of microphone problem, some sort of computer issue, equipment error, user mistakes, mispronunciations. I'm guilty of that all the time. And maybe even sometimes lost notes that make it hard to keep going. But we do. Uh, we make it through, and that's because we all get together and make that happen. So uh, thank you to everybody who's been a part of it and that best part is that hanging in there and making things happen and finding the joy no matter what so this and also could not be a show without the hundreds of guests over the years that have come to the studio or joined us by phone each week so i thank each and every one of you for taking the time to share your story and for trusting the arts any world to be a part of your world i've met so many. Just think about it. 17 years we do a show every week. That's a lot of shows and there's so many fascinating, talented wonderful souls that I've met and I love those connections that we've made the passions that we share and the questions that we explore and the stories that we tell and the joy that all of the Arts Zane Radio guests have added to the world. We might just be this little tiny show from Northfield, Minnesota but I believe in some way we've helped make the world a little shinier and a little zanier. That's a good thing. And I also want to take the opportunity to thank my mom. She is Art Zany Radio's number one fan, and she's probably the only one in the entire world that has listened to every show. I am the luckiest daughter in the world to have a mom who celebrates with me each week and tells me that each week is a wonderful show. So that's a pretty great thing. It means the world to me to know that you're listening, Mom, and cheering for the show to succeed each week. 17 years. Someday I might slow down long enough to reflect on the whole Art Zania radio experience, the lessons I've learned, the knowledge I've gained about the arts, our community, the creative process, and of course, the joys of imagination. For now, I sincerely want to extend a big thank you to everyone who helped build Art Zania radio. Wow, it has been a an incredible ride. So let's get together again and again to explore our imaginations. I wonder where we'll go next. Folks, on today's Art Zany Radio, I want to um, welcome my guest, Paul Nemisto, who has been uh, one of our great friends of Art Zany Radio. Welcome to Art Zany Radio again. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's a thrill. Congratulations on your 17th. Yeah, I know it's, it's not usually a number we celebrate, but I, I think it's pretty great to, to remember. Am I on here? Oh, yeah, you are coming through. I'm not coming through here. Oh, there's, there's a reverb in... Is that the problem? Yeah, that's uh, there's something with the new studio connection. So, okay, so I don't have to worry about whether I can hear my own voice or not. I can hear you. If you want to take your headphones off, that would take it away. If you want to do that, they'll probably do that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I was just going to say that uh, you were just talking now about your 17 years, and I wonder, in these 17 years, have you ever been interviewed? I I think Wayne Eddy interviewed me for like 10 minutes one time. 
and I think that's about that's not we yeah probably talked to Jeff Johnson about setting up something <laughs> maybe for the, the 20th on the, on the occasion of this anniversary <laughs> or sometime soon just because uh, you know you get on the other side of the question and answer situation and it'd be fun to ask a few questions sometime oh well thank you I appreciate that very much uh, it would be it would be interesting I'd have to go back and do some memory jarring to 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 Look and think about the details yes, of the show. You can imagine what the, what the questions are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fabulous. And we're here to talk about the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra. And the weekend, this weekend, there is a concert called Out of Darkness, which is playing two days, both Saturday the 2nd at 3 p.m. at United Methodist Church in Northfield, and then on Sunday the 3rd of April 2022 at St. Ang's... I always do that. Agnes. Angsar? No. Ansgars. Ansgars. Not not Agnes. Ansgar. That's a a good Norwegian name, by the way. Ansgars Lutheran Church in Cannon Falls. And that is, uh, those are the only two showtimes for the concert. So folks are going to want to put one of those on their calendar or both. Three o'clock. It's it's a good time because a lot of people want to have their evening meal uh, time free, and uh, they don't. And a lot of people don't like to drive in the dark, mm-hmm. so I think it's the best thing for us. It is. It's a great way to spend a, an afternoon on the the weekend. And this program, Out of Darkness, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Get some details about some of the uh, programming that's happening. But if you want more information, NorthfieldArtsGuild.org is the place to go. Click on the uh, music tab, and then Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra will take you to the page that tells you a little bit more about the program. But I'm going to do a full bio on you, because I think sometimes we don't do not do that. And folks may, if they've been listening for all 17 years, of course they know you, but they might be new to Arts Any Radio. You are an Associate Professor Emeritus of Music at St. Olaf College, and you taught for over 35 years. Wow, that's a big anniversary. Well, if you add all the years of high school teaching, it's more way over 40. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. right. And in 1979 was when the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra was founded, and that's been a program of the Northfield Arts Guild, uh, or it is currently. And since 1991, you directed the Finnish and American Brass Ensemble, Boys of America, uh, which is uh, American Puyat. Did I say that correct? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mispronunciations. <laughs> uh, that, of course, is is a great... Uh, we've had you on to talk about that. You folks can look up that show. That was last fall, I believe. And then in 2006, you started the Vintage Band Festival here in Northfield. And you now serve as the artistic director of that, which is coming up again this summer. 28th to 30th of July. It's one of the big ones, one of it's the four days affairs. Yes. July. I'm going to put that on my calendar so we get that. Uh, oh, we need to talk to you, yes, about yeah. that. And it might be that we would have uh, some artists who are within driving distance that we can do some interviews. I, I can't promise that, but we can try. Or we can do them on the phone, too. Love sure. it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, uh, of course, it, you're also um, known and for being honored as one of our living treasures, which is a pretty great thing. I don't feel so living this morning. I'm a little foggy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that, know, this that, is... <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an, an interesting program, and it's continued on. and uh, And now we're starting to notice that some of the living treasures are no longer with us. Which is yeah, that's hard to that? think about. Most recently, uh, Myrna Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We miss her. We miss her well, already. Everybody does. Yes. And you are, of course, known as Northfield's Music Man, and that makes perfect sense given all the things that you have have put together. That's coming from your lips. I don't know. (laughs) Well, all of those things involve music, which is kind of where I want to start today. I was thinking about this, that I I don't know your story of... Uh, growing up, was it a, a musical family? Did you, you know, know from a very young age that that was the pathway you wanted to take? How, how was your experience with music as a, as a child? Well, my um, my family, the, my grandparents were immigrants from Finland, and they came here as, as teenagers, and they were from families that were um, involved in being sharecroppers in in Finland, where they didn't own any property, but they contributed to the to a larger farm and they came here and uh, and then eventually got a got a homestead farm up in the upper peninsula of Michigan 
which is uh, where my grandfather was a dairy farmer and also at well, the normal Finnish immigrant thing. He was a farmer and a logger, and uh, so he did all these things depending on the season. And um, uh, there, there seemed to have been some music in that generation. He was a cantor at the local church. Hmm. And this was one of these uh, fairly conservative churches where they didn't have an organ. And so he would be the song leader for the congregation. And he must have, I never heard him sing. He was an old man when he died for me. Uh, and so I never really heard him. But I'm assuming that he must have had a pretty good voice. Uh, and I think he at least influenced something of, into his children. I know my father studied some violin in in high school mm. or in elementary school, one or the other, um, and so that never went anywhere with it. He he inherited the uh, the farm, and so he was also a farmer and logger, <laughs> and so that was uh, you know I was eyed with some skepticism when I talked about doing anything else. But uh, anyway, that we we grew up on the on the edge of the um, Ottawa National Forest in a area where the population is very thin. And mm. all finish, um, but I, you know, by the time I went to school, there was uh, there was a, a public school music was active. Even in the, even in the rural areas, there they had a, itinerant teachers that would go around from school to school and teach. If, even if there wasn't somebody permanent in the school, and they taught instrumental music too. So I, I, uh, I don't know how the instrument was selected, but I wound up. Uh, selecting the trombone. My mother was uh, more trained. She went to a, a larger school uh, in the Copper Country region and uh, had formal training as a, as a choral singer and also had taken piano lessons in, in high school. So she was one of the few people in our community that played piano, so she taught and accompanied choirs and all those things. So I heard all of this stuff when I was growing up. And, uh, it was. Were there records? But those are all kind of things that, that all, all kinds of things you'd, ex you'd expect me to absorb. Records, you say? Yeah. Did you play family play records? Well, yeah. We had a. We spent quite a bit of uh, capital on getting a really good uh, thirty-three and a third LP stereo system, and uh, I had quite a collection. I remember listening to Bruckner and Mahler and. Uh, Brahms and uh, all kinds of things, choral music and so forth, as a as a school kid. Yes, and I had Barbra Streisand and uh, and the Tijuana Brass, <laughs> <laughs> all of those other things that uh, were kind of going around at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, did you think you knew from a young age that your future would involve music? No, I didn't know it. I knew what I had experienced which means among all the many possible things that there were to, for a kid at that age to do, among those things that were possible for me to do, music was the one that was the most interesting for me. So I was kind of a band room uh, rat, you know, sort of <laughs> hanging around all the free time and all these things and got involved in all the solo and ensemble festivals and whatever there was going on. And it developed. So uh, my uh, parents supported me uh, very nicely, I found out about these opportunities. I, I'm thankful, of course, as anybody in my business would be, for teachers who influenced and, and suggested and opened doors. I went to the National Music Camp at Interlochen in high school, and then, wow. of course, then the doors were open, and I saw the whole world of this stuff. And, right. But still at that point, I was graduating from high school, and uh, I really didn't know anything else. I mean... What a, what a, what else is there possible for me to uh, discover about the world of uh, professional activity? I don't know. So when I went to the University of Michigan as a freshman, I was an undeclared major. I just didn't. I studied a number of different things, and then after a couple years there, um, surviving my, in the competition with all of these students from New England and from the elite schools of urban Detroit and stuff, I realized that I really hadn't had the kind of uh, educational background that really gave me a chance at anything much else, so I just declared my music major, and that was the <laughs> end of it. I, 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 but I did hold back for a little while just to see whether the, anything, was there not some other there that mm -hmm. I don't know about, but uh, anyway, 
and I haven't looked back. It's been great. Yeah, it's been, well, we've yeah. all been blessed because you chose that path. Yeah, and and uh, actually, it's turned out that the world of music is, has many aspects to it, and I've been able to do many things that are not just necessarily making music, but studying it and writing about it and and, and inspiring others when I can. And so it's been a, it's been multifaceted. Right, and, and producing and conducting and teaching there's oh, all the layers right you get, all the layers you're, you're yes. immersed in it and I, I think yeah music really is uh, I guess I was thinking that the other you know when I hear music from my high school days I, it really does just jar something in you right my kids think it's so funny to hear the songs that I used to to listen to and, and talk about pop music or yeah things? pop oh, music right. at, at that time and because uh, I don't think they know anything about my clarinet uh, career which is probably okay, because. <laughs> um, uh, but I do think that there's um, music is is probably a part of most people's lives in some way, uh, and that it's just interesting to me how we decide, you know, that that's going to be our career, and you know how we we or not, yeah, or not, right? <laughs> how we how we go through that, yeah. um, and so. Uh, I noticed you brought the scores for. for well, I just I just have one here uh, on the subject. Um, Libby Larson, you probably have heard the name. She's mm-hmm. a composer from up in the cities, and I heard her speak once about things, and she she s- suggested the idea that band music band music was the every man's folk music of America because of the fact that there was it, there's compulsory education and curriculums usually have a compulsory instrumental education program. So a lot of students pick up a clarinet or something in, in public school. They may not go anywhere with it, but they have at least that shared experience. Mm-hmm. Millions, millions. Um, you know, and that's of course in my business as I as I've been involved in teaching. I've, it's always been a regret to me that there's such a fall off. In other words, we might start a, a hundred students from a class, and there might be ten that survive till the senior year. What happens to the others? And uh, how many of those people that dropped off have a negative feeling about music? Mm. Or some kind of a misgiving about music because of the fact that they didn't, it didn't become a bigger part of their life. That is a great uh, question. I, so that's there's a cloud over that for me a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, yeah, I would. Th- that is probably true. That there's not a lot that continue, especially you know once they get out of the school or out of college, and that. But that's where the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra brings. A great place for well, people to come to. Well, that's part of the reason it exists mm-hmm. is to make sure that there's a possibility for uh, for people to continue, uh, and and not only just to continue, but to advance to to keep improving. Exactly, and to be able to play these pieces that uh, you bring to the the group that uh, we may not know, and and for me, it's it what that experience of band and uh, Minnesota Youth Symphony and all of those things that I did brings an appreciation for classical music and you know can being also being a supporter of those organizations and groups that 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 produce that which is important to me and i i think i've been trying to think about um this idea of you know because i enjoy going to concerts and and uh getting immersed in the music and kind of lost in it and i was thinking about the way that uh music at, at a an orchestra or a concert kind of does something in your mind, right? And and I've, I was trying to put words to it, and the only thing I could think of was that it, it kind of um, gives, it, it's a bit of a takeover your brain in a good way, in, in that it knocks out some of the other things that might be on your mind and lets your mind work on, and I don't know that it's conscious, like, uh, wonder what the next note is or uh oh this sounds like a familiar pattern or um oh that br- that brings up an emotion and so there's a lot that happens when you immerse yourself in listening to to music especially classical well yeah I, well, it's true probably maybe of, of all, all of them. forms yeah. mm-hmm. but uh the thing about it is that we've we've developed uh, associational language over the years where certain uh certain um sound combinations uh 
are meant to mean something. Like you can always tell. It's, it's especially true, of course, on movie and TV scores where when you hear certain sounds, you it's, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, imminent, yeah. <laughs> there's imminent danger or there's a sense of joy or whatever. Those are very clear indicators, and there's a lot of those in there. And, uh, and um, so that, in a way, becomes music comes a little bit predictable or predictive of what's going to happen. And I'm sure that um, movie music has done so much to cause that to happen. The John Williams did not... Uh, did not uh, did not was not born um, uh, in innocence. He he inherited on his shoulders the music of Wagner and Mahler and Von Williams and Walton. All of that carried into him, and and he and they they're the ones that defined some of those things the first time, mm-hmm. and he just picked them up and kept them going. Yeah. So there's I, I put the word fluency, and I'm not sure that that's the right um, right word that. Uh, kind of helps us to, you know, that exposure that we have gives us that access to, you know, understanding the layers that come with well, music. Yeah, and, and you're and you're dealing with cultural history when you listen to this stuff. You're things that have been, uh, or indicators or memes that have been indicated that have been set up by others earlier, and then you're just picking up on them. And then, of course, the clever composer finds ways to work with those to take you to a new place hmm. and that's why the you know the the avant-garde music of the 60s um you know, you know going back a little earlier than that even to john cage and uh and schoenberg and so forth were taking some of those some of those idioms that we were just talking about and kind of shaking them up and tossing them around and p- playing games with them and and then totally disorienting those who are not willing to go on the trip with them, and uh, so they're they're still pioneers, and they still have had an influence. But you know their their rise and fall was uh, temporal. It happened, and it's done, <laughs> and, and it's kind of things have recovered to a more of a tonal, predictive kind of music these days. Even even the modern music, even things that you hear now. Uh, in the new operas and the, and the new symphonic music is not really hugely removed from its traditional roots. Hmm. What do you think that says about music, or does that say something about us? I think it's time for a new era of experimentation. Try again. <laughs> well, I'd like to believe that now that we're coming out of a pandemic, that, or at least the worst part of it, it probably it will still continue a little bit with us, that that is when creative process and things get activated and they're they're you know would, will be delighted by what is produced there's going to there are going to be um musicology lectures about the uh, arts of the pandemic if they haven't been already uh because it's not a question of waiting for the till now to write this stuff it's been being it has been written all along Oh, that's true. And we're, maybe we're going to be start hearing it. Start hearing it. And you know, I think the other thing that happened were all the advances in ways that we shared, you know, artistic experiences and the technological right. ways right. of bringing people together virtually and, uh, you know, being able to, to produce shows in ways that we never imagined. But now we're getting back to being in person, which yeah, is... Yeah, those are all gizmos. And, they, <laughs> and they, they had a purpose in that they sort of... It was gave some people a lifeline. The creative people wanted to keep creating, and they wanted to have an audience. That's the only way they could do it. But you're right; it's the it it's still a human art. It's a communication between one person and another person or persons. So live music is best. I agree. And folks, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist. Here with Paul Nemastone, we're talking about the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra, the concerts that are happening this weekend. The theme is, as we mentioned before, Out of Darkness. And those concerts are Saturday, the 2nd of April, 2022, at 3 p.m. at the United Methodist Church here in Northfield. And then on Sunday, April 3rd at 3 o'clock at St. Angsgar's Lutheran Church in Cannon Falls. And the, the tickets are available online now. That's something I think that's fairly new. NorthfieldArtsGuild.org. You can get the tickets online. And then at the door, they are cash or check only. So if you want to pay with a credit card, you need to go online. But you can do that the day of the concert at the, sh- at the uh, venue. 
Listen to me carefully. If you come with empty pockets, no one is going to turn you away. That is great. Music is for everyone. and you Music guys, is for everyone. We it, need support, but we also need ears. And that's, yeah, right. It does make a difference for the musicians to be uh, performing with people in, in the audience. And that's, There's nothing like it. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about, um, what, you know, the creation of this concert. Well, I was just thinking about the the title, which is, I mean, it's something, it's been a little bit of a recurring idea that during Lent, coming out of the winter into the spring, that some kind of a theme like this, and I just, just kind of went scanning through several years of old CVRO programs in the spring, and they're this is not a new idea. It's maybe a little different use of words, but it's the the idea of uh, darkness and brightness or whatever. And that's, of course, the implication for me when I hear the title, Out of Darkness, there's a missing word there, mm. light. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I was uh, thinking you were referencing the pandemic. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But it's, uh, the darkness, and, and, well, it could be so. And that's, that, that's, uh, I mean, it could easily mean that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a, some respite occurring means that there's some ease of that darkness, and the opposite of darkness is brightness, and we can hope. Um, yeah, it's so... And the, the music is um, both types, therefore. Um, the dark, well, Beethoven's Egmont Overture is uh, a tragic, um, almost an angry kind of a statement and it's a really great way to, to have an overture for a concert of this type um, the uh, Antonin Dvorak wrote the uh, biblical songs while he was in New York when he was visiting the United States he, he was here a, a couple of times for extended visits as a guest uh, professor composer on the East Coast and also of course he would come out in this country because there's so many bohemian settlements uh, in the uh, Iowa and Minnesota, and he is known particularly for spending time in Spillville, of course, but other places as well. And there's, I've we've done uh, Dvorak music in this neighborhood uh, in the southern Minnesota region. We've had his some of his ancestors, some of his descendants, some of his relatives show up at the concert, which was awe inspiring for me. Uh, at the Cannon Valley Regional Concerts? Yes, dear. Oh my yes, goodness. Dear. So that, that um, surprised me enormously. But, um, but his these pieces are all music for um for the for a series of psalms for ten psalms they're each about two three minutes long and they're all different characters depending of course on on the uh, uh the the nature of the psalms some of them are laments and some of them are paeans of gratitude and some of them are well the 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 twenty uh, third uh, was it uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd that's in there as well and so all of them and uh, and so it's fun to see how he used his am- amazing musical skills to create these little scenarios the little these little bonbons of music and some of them and they are both uh, bright and dark so that's kind of a mixture and we do have some music should we cue that's that a good one time up? to put one up yep uh let's do do you want to do the Dvorak? yes okay. and uh, uh apologies in advance this is in uh in czech oh i i did notice that but yeah. I, I think what's and, it, what was fascinating to me as i was listening to it was i i don't think it mattered no. that that the i didn't know the language but the uh, because the mu- music it's so easy to understand the mood right uh, one of the reasons for for me bringing this and we've had this struggle with doing some doing some homework on this is to the best of our knowledge there is no commercial um recording of the biblical songs in english oh there's an opportunity well i'll have to tell these yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention that yeah there's the soloist and tell oh uh, yes i, I hope Anyone who loves uh, choral music in this town knows who Diza Stotz is. She's, uh, is. She sings with um, with Icantanti and has been on many shows at the Guild and also done in Faribault and around. And one of my favorite singers. So this this is not. The, I don't know who the singer is here. It's a it's a Czech singer. Okay, because I, I, I'm not going to try and pronounce that name. No, I'm name. not going either. <laughs> but we will take a listen and uh, just immerse ourselves in this music. See if we can figure out which psalm it is. Okay, here we go. 
By the shores of the river of Babylon, there we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. And we hang our harps in the willows that did stand in its midst. For they that had made us captives in bondage called for a joyful song. That's what she was singing. By the rivers of Babylon. Yeah. That voice was spectacular, yeah. and Dessa also has a, a spectacular voice. She takes no second seat to what I just heard. Mm. Believe me, she is And she gorgeous. will be singing in English for the concert. In English. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Which caused some problems, because the the diction and the, um, and the delineation of the words in the text and the music is different in Czech. So I had to pencil in a whole bunch of things that are... That she's doing that's not the same as what Dvorak had put in originally. So what changes are you to, to the... Oh, like there might be two eighth notes and a quarter and it'll be a half note. Or because something like of that. the language. Not because of the language. So, oh, that's a fascinating thing. And what happens then? Do you have to change all of the musicians? No, the 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 music stays the same, basically. And and he, and, uh, and Dvorak uh, knew that when he wrote it out. Uh, he just... it's. And he also published the score, well, initially in Czech, but then also in German, mm. which is where their other big audience, his other big audience would be, and then finally in English as well. So is your score in English or Czech? Three languages. Three. But this English version is not the same one that Deeses is singing. <laughs> so it has been um, a challenge just to get it all figured out. Wow. So when did you start rehearsals for this? We're into our fourth week. And, and so do you and Dessa work separately? Yes, and, yes, 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 yes. And so no. then the orchestra comes. And we had to do a period of discovery to see what it was that's, what's going on here, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fascinating because you, I think everybody might have the impression that you just, um, that there's, you know, there's, there's a written, it's a document and it's firm, and right? don't mess around <laughs> right. with it, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's some... But that's just the nature of live music performance. You, you adapt. The composer presents you with an idea, and then you take the idea and work it with your live musicians to create whatever that performance is going to be. Mm. That must make it little... kind of fun, too, for you. Even if you're doing a piece you've well, done it's, before, it's it, always a different experience. Exactly. It's very interesting because mm. you have to deal with uh, what is the, what's the essential meaning of this piece or of this movement, and how can we make make that come out mm -hmm. and that's just one of the pieces that you've picked for this concert there are um, several uh, different selections uh, we have another uh, one that I was unfamiliar with that uh, just I was drawn to and that is the um, oh my gosh I'm not going to say this correctly there you go that yeah, one. Uh, Max Bruch is a German composer and uh, Kol Nidre is a, a interpretation of the of a um, Jewish lament for the dead, shall we say, and uh, so it's the concept is Hebrew and it's coming from uh, 
Central European uh, folk traditions of of the of the Yiddish. Um, thing to remember, however, is that Max Brook himself was just very much a German evangelical Lutheran. So it's not as though, and he's often mistaken for being Jewish because of this one piece. Mm. But he wrote a lot of also a lot of wonderful violin music, and uh, well, he and was admired by and a friend of Brahms. And this piece, the selection that we are, I believe it's, is it Lynn Harrell is the yes. performer who I was, as I was listening to this, I thought, I just feel like he is the music. He is inside of the music in a way that just exudes this emotion and um, passion. And I was so moved by he him. He is a... He's a consummate performer. Um, I had kind of forgotten about him. He has not been a name that's been um, bantied around. Uh, I'm not sure that he's with us anymore. I, 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 there were a couple comments that talked about the fact that he had passed, I believe. so. Yeah, I believe that's the case. He, uh, But in his prime, I mean, he's as, he's as um, delicious a performer as I have ever heard on the cello. Just... Um, and you can tell right from the when he first starts, he is pulling you along by the nose into his journey into into this piece. And and that was something I was curious about as a conductor too, because trying to allow each performer to be able to find that space that's got yeah. to be a big challenge. Well, the first thing that uh, has to happen is there again is that period of discovery where you have to uh, uh, allow the um, the performer to demonstrate to you what their concept is. What are they trying to do with this stuff? And then you discuss those things and sometimes we adjust those a little bit to, to where they might be coming in with a rather conservative concept of what's possible. And I say, no, 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 no. You just go for it and make it happen. And, right, because uh, it's not just the notes on the chart that or the just sheet the, music. That's just the start. Yeah. That's to make sure that you uh, at least get the right harmonies. But then, then it goes into the area of uh, creativity. And and so this performance, well, listen to maybe five minutes. Whatever you like, but it's, it, is, uh, it is gripping. Exactly. I was trying to find a good stopping place, and there's not a lot of great spots to... No, there's a couple of places... Two or three minutes in where there's a change of tempo or something you could probably... We'll, we'll take a listen to this. Again, this is Lynn Harrell playing the papal concert Col Nidre for cello and orchestra. It's This one's amazing. So close your eyes. Unless you're driving, I say. Close your <laughs> eyes and you'll hear something absolutely beautiful. Here we go.
I could tell from that first note, it mm. was just even I've listened to it several times and it yeah. still was a, electric. Yeah, there's like you think there's about three or four bars there that are connected, and he's thinking all along about the third and fourth bar. We start at the beginning. He just keeps it going. Right. Even, in, even anticipating the beat a little with his urgency. It's very delicious. I would agree. That's a really good description of how he is... Uh, bringing that forth for us. Right. And, and so tell us, uh, who is the cello player that will be joining? Rose uh, has arrived in Northfield within the last few years. She was from up in, up in the cities, and she has uh, been a serious cellist. I mean, that's not her business, but... Uh, Soren Mann? Soren Mann, yeah. Rose Soren um, she, But she's, she's, uh, she studied at the, at the U and... Uh, has had um, you know some good solid education, and she just plays with a lot of enthusiasm. And I've heard her playing over the last couple of years in the rehearsals, and I said, mm, it "Might be fun to sort of show this off a little bit." So I asked her what she wanted to do, and we came up with this one. And so you've been rehearsing, and that must be intimidating as a player to take on something that is, uh, I you know, I don't know how. Um, how do I describe it? I'm, I'm wondering not only about the players that have played it before, but the um, you know the meaning of the story and the, the the you know remembrance music. Right. I think that um, she. I mean, she's in in among her friends in this orchestra, and I, I think that adds a little bit of extra pressure too. She she doesn't want to uh, disappoint them, and she doesn't want to. And so I think there's that, there's that kind of pressure. But she's got a good solid. She's got a good solid delivery. So it's. It's fun to listen to her play. Well, I can't wait to hear. I enjoy cello music so much. And, and you were telling me a little cello story that I thought would be fun oh, to share well, a little yeah, earlier. I, I actually, I, I'm leaving right after this interview. I'm headed up to the cities to John Waddle, who is a uh, luthier, is the, is the term that's called a, a violin maker, um, to collect a couple of the family cellos, my son's cellos, that uh, he's evaluating for insurance purposes to make sure that we get it right. Um, and one of them in particular is new to the to us. We just picked it up in the fall. Um, many there are people listening who probably remember a violin maker in town back in some years ago by the name of uh, Larry Anderson had a studio over on the west side, and he made a lot of made a lot of instruments. Uh, and um, we got to know him, and he our f- kids were involved. My daughter Maya was a, a kind of a worker in his in his shop. Uh, cleaning up, but she actually got. She she told me that she actually got a chance several times to, to carve a carve a few violins too. So mm. that was kind of fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so anyway, in the course of things, uh, he made we commissioned from him uh, some instruments. He we have two of his violins and one of his violas that Anna and Maya played when they were in high school, and then took along with them. So we still have those. So that I always thought about the fact that we had two violins and a viola. Wouldn't it be nice someday to get a Larry Anderson cello? And he, of course, had made some, and uh, at that time, we were working stiffs, and you just don't come up with that kind of money. You don't, you don't write a check for a cello very often. So. Not not just a cello, but a handmade, you know, uh, right. by an expert. So anyway, this, this, this cello was made in the late 2000s, which means that, 2006 or seven, I think, which means that it was still carved in Northfield before Larry left to go to Chicago and then on now to Baltimore. He's, he's where he is right now. So this instrument came back into his possession. He said, hey, Paul, I've got something for you. And so we just picked it up last last September. Oh. And now we have the full quartet. Someday there should be a performance. There might be. I don't have, I don't have <laughs> enough kids unless I get a grandchild that comes around. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but now we've got them, and they're all, they're all made in 55057. They're made here. That's a pretty extraordinary collection. It's an interesting thing for us to have. Have you ever played strings? Well, yeah, I suppose. Um, I've you know I studied them in, in university as a part of my education just to get a, to dabble in them, and I'm convinced that if I put my mind to it, I could do it. But there's only so many hours in a day, dear. 
<laughs> that is true. That is true. And you're making music and making helping other people to make music and letting us enjoy that experience. We have one more cut from the concert. Do you want to play a little bit of this, Balius? Yeah. This this is probably more in the sunlight now. We're getting out of there. I was thinking that's why I wanted to pick it to the end. <laughs> yes, right. And uh, this is the Alamarsia, which is the f- final movement of his Karelia suite, which he wrote um, very much the way Egmont was written as incidental music for a play. Um, and so this one is uh, it's it's inspired by Finnish mythology and about the uh, region of Karelia, which is the east east of the Finnish border right now and it's part of the, part of Russia but it wasn't always and it's uh, there's a lot of legends there and this is a kind of a march feeling and it's uh, it's it's it has a military feel to it it has a little bit of a of a dance feel to it and uh, it's engaging and if you like Sibelius this is him as a young man uh, first one of his first published works it is lovely, and so let's take a listen um, and hear just, this is just a short little snippet of, of a piece, so we'll play a couple minutes here. did that that was a little <laughs> a little <laughs> missed it a little bit but <laughs> just a sampling of some that is quite a uh, more upbeat piece shall we say yes uh, comparatively <laughs> <laughs> and it, i love the echoes in that one uh, you know each of the different uh, sections takes well, takes a turn the, well you like the brass do you <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and what do you just uh what do you hope that these pieces will bring uh, to to the audience and uh, what, what tell us about well it's there's a possibility of sitting there and just reflecting on the last year or so on what was going on personally in people's lives and if the music helps to clarify that or to illustrate it then I'd be very happy and I think it will and I hope people will join everybody for the concerts you can go to one or two and the first one is on Saturday, the April 2nd, 2022, at 3 p.m. at the United Methodist Church here in Northfield. That's on Maple, Maple Street, Street right. 401 Maple Street. Really yep. easy to find. Yes. And then Sunday, April 3rd, on the 22nd, also at 3 p.m., easy to remember, 3 p.m. both days, St. Angsgars. 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 I, I always want to reverse the G and the S, and I'm not sure why. Because you have angst. <laughs> 
<laughs> about pronouncing it. <laughs> That's at uh, St. Ansgar's Lutheran Church in Cannon Falls. That's right off of Highway 19. Very easy to find. Um, the street address, if you need it, is 7459 in Cannon Falls. Very easy drive from here. And just uh, what a what a great program. Thank you for putting that together so we can all come and enjoy it. Please come and enjoy. Folks should. You can get your tickets online now at northfieldartsguild.org or at the venue. You will not be turned away. Exactly. Folks, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for listening to the show that creates uh, stories, celebrates stories. We do, and, and of course, we celebrate creating. And I really hope that um, in the meantime, until next time, you find some time to enjoy your imagination. Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Rock, blues, reggae, alt country, Americana, jazz, pop, it's all good on 95.1. The One. The One.